taken all the liquors straight, never chased that, never. Rooftop like we bringing 88 back. What? Bring the hooks in. Where the bass at? Champagne spilling. You should taste that. <laughs> well, we all know that one, don't we? By someone named after my favorite plant, Iggy Azalea. And if it's the advice given to me by a young woman who described herself as a nail artist, as we spent hours on the platform of the Metropolitan Stop, waiting in vain for a G-train after 11 p.m., then this must be Dale Radio. And I, of course, am your host, Dale Seaver, and you're listening to another episode of Some Things I Enjoy, coming to you, as always, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. Only today, I find myself back in Williamsburg, yeah. in Billyburg. I've had quite a run here this week, originally named a Williamsburg Ferry. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, after Colonel Jonathan Williams, the first commander of the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Wow. <laughs> A little history for you. <laughs> now, my guest today is no stranger to history. and In fact, he's making history with his popular web series and YouTube channel, I Hate Being Single. He's so nice to welcome me into his home on a, on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> on the weekend. The best day. Please welcome with your ears, Rob Michael Hugo. Hello. Hello Thanks for Rob. coming over, Dale. This is so fantastic. I understand you have breakfast on the way. Yeah, yeah. I had to order a breakfast. And what's coming? Oh, man. Breakfast quesadilla? Oh. Uh, vegan huevos rancheros. Oh, I see. It. Yeah. I felt a, a south of the border vibe It today. was coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was meant to be. That's good. You're vegan. No. <laughs> just a tasty treat. Yeah, yeah. It's just a place that you can trust. Yeah, that's because sometimes you don't want to go too far off of the you know the the specialties there. No, you no. don't want to get a vegan omelet at a diner in New Jersey. Delivery for breakfast is tricky because yeah. yes, eggs on a bike. Eggs on a bike. They don't really. They don't really. I don't know if they I enjoy would not, that ride not on a bike. Yeah, yeah. But to, you get them loose, poached. Well, it's it's vegan, so it's like tofu. Oh. So, you, I don't know. It's just different. You don't have to have that expectation. I'm looking forward to yeah, seeing it. you'll see it. I have to have a balanced breakfast myself. Otherwise, yeah. I get a little shaky. I hear that every day. Uh, every day, yeah. Mm -hmm. If I have just pancakes, as I've had this morning, you'll see as I reach for that coffee cup, I get a little, I get a little shaky there. I can barely hold fruit. a glass of water. I should get... Is that the key, fruit? I mean, you said balanced. I picture a balanced breakfast is going to have that fruit. The toast, the cereal, the fruit, the milk, the juice, and the coffee. You know, that, <laughs> they really overdid it with that whole I think so. balanced thing. I think that's an unbalanced, that's overbalanced breakfast. That depends, I guess, on the scale that you're using. But, um, <laughs> you know, some mornings I just lie there shaking on the floor, and what I do is imagine young people having chicken and waffles on Bedford Avenue. Uh, they, they should be so lucky. I hope somebody is. Yeah. And we're here at your place, and it's such—it's um, uh, so nicely decorated. Thank and some you. Uh, artifacts of popular culture that I—that I too are, am, a, am a fan of. Yes. The button-down mind of, of Bob Newhart. There, yeah. the framed album on the wall. That's one of your favorites. It's a gift from my dad. Oh, it seems like a nice gift yeah. from. He from has my dad. he has some old records, and he gave that to me for Christmas once, and it was like a a nice hand me down. Yeah, the that, kind of hand me down you appreciate. Was it one of his favorites? Yeah, I think it's one of his favorites. I I, I don't know if he could quote it though. You ever listened to it? No, I haven't yet. No. It's been in the frame. <laughs> I I thought it looked so good, and then I was like, oh, I should listen to it, and then the record player has problems. Oh well, uh, it's worth it, and you know you can yeah. also get it digitally. No, I, I don't I don't do digital. Oh, you do. <laughs> 
don't do anything digital. Good. That's good. That'll help you on the YouTube. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. And uh, Pee who's the Pee Wee fan? Oh, that's, that'd be me. That'd be me. Yeah. You got a signed thing from him. Yeah. That was a big day. You ever meet him? I met him. I there, when you got that thing. Yeah. That was him. That was him. It wasn't a send away. No. No. In the flesh. On the side of 8th Avenue or no, 10th Avenue. You just happened to see him? It, it's a story. You well, ready? I'm here. <laughs> when he came and did the uh, promo for um, the Broadway show, the Pee Wee Herman show came to Broadway. Yes. Like three or five years ago. I he spent some time. Whew. Um, and he, I knew that he was coming to do the show. I was so excited. When it was happening in LA, I was like, I made a Facebook fan page. I said, we need to bring the Pee Wee Herman show to New York. And I was like trying to charge this thing. It got like 13 people on board. Pretty good. Pretty huge. <laughs> Uh, making waves, and then he, they did it anyway. So when they came, though, he did this press tour, and he was on Foursquare, which was still kind of a startup, I guess. It's a, a kind of a application or web yeah, device. One that of those you can check in places. Exactly, and, and he, become the mayor. Could you become the you mayor? You could of become a place? the mayor if you check in enough times. I think most people gave up on that by now. <laughs> I think so. But he was uh, checking in on Foursquare, and I like got out of. I think I was at a job or something. I got out at 11 a.m. And he and it said he uh, was at Cat's Delicatessen, and I was like, "I'm going to Cat's Delicatessen. <laughs> I'm gonna go meet my hero, basically." Yeah. Because um, I've always been a huge fan. And then uh, he was at Cat's. I met him. I showed him a photo of myself from high school where I did a Pee Wee impression in costume, and he was like, he appreciated it. Yeah. He was in character also. Were he they- was Pee Wee. Was he filming something or just? They had the press there, so it was oh, kind of like oh, it was just a, a whole camera crew the whole day. Because when you're in New York, you go to something like that, is it? Yeah, and it was like to drum it up for the show, and right. uh, it was there was a Times article soon after that, and like so that was one thing. And then they were going around all over the city, and I went home, got the poster, checked in again, and found him near the High Line, and like raced him down, and and his bouncers were going to stop me and I was like can you just sign this really quick and they were like he's got to go he's got to go and he was like no it's okay and he like came over and like unrolled it on a bench asked what my name was shook my hand again that time he started to notice that I was a little bit psychotic in the <laughs> eyes and then they kept going he backed away yeah he was like that's nice he's like you know I'm sure that's he gets also, a lot of and enough yes exactly nice. here we go and enough <laughs> that is probably why people stopped using that <laughs> Foursquare. Yeah, maybe sure. it's not such a good idea. <laughs> Anyone can see where I am. All my crazed fans can chase me down. <laughs> and did you win that contest that you you were dressed up as Pee Wee? Was it a contest? Oh, it was a competition. Um, second place. Pretty good. It was good, yeah. I got, I'm, and maybe as best that it can be hoped for. Yes. As a Pee Wee impersonator yeah. I was a junior in high school that's pretty good so I, I was they were seniors who had earned it maybe my friends <laughs> <laughs> my friends were on the committee and they said that it was it was I won and that they gave it to a senior mm-hmm. so the seniors earned it yeah, I, uh, yeah but the next year I did it as a senior and I didn't win oh what did but, you do but I'm okay thing? with that <laughs> I did different stuff I did a Edward Scissorhands <laughs> impression I made a costume it was so Tim Burton was an influence. Big, yeah, big. Yeah, still today. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, 
the old Tim Burton stuff, I think, is still there as an influence. So now you grew up in uh, Nova, mm-hmm. Novurg. Yeah, the old Nova. Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gather you come from a supportive home. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Not like a home for, for wayward youth, just as you were in a, your family was supportive right. of you as an artist. Were they artists themselves? Uh, they were not. They are not artists, but um, I have... They're both very supportive of sneaking out for the food. I was going to say hello, and she just sneaked. She'll be back with a big bag. Um, they... Did they, were they there because of government jobs? Did you have to yeah, relocate? Yeah. They, uh, my dad works in... Um, he's always worked in like the automotive administration field. Uh, so that's making laws, having to do with... Like regulations and yeah. guidelines for highways and trucks and a lot of exciting stuff like that. But And then my mom uh, eventually uh, started working in that field also uh, when she went back to work after, like, you know, I was in high school or something. She went back to work. Well, you can, it's a riveting field. People would be drawn into it. Great, great times. Uh, they were supportive. They made me, um, they made me do band. Yeah. I played trumpet and then switched to French horn. Sure. And that was their, like, arts push. Was that, was that also to get the ladies? <laughs> oh, to get, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the definitely. French horn. I read a book uh, when I was 14 that said, look, you're going into high school. You want to you wanna make a lot of female friends? Yeah. Do Pee Wee Herman impressions for your high school and play the French horn. That's it. And it'll work out just fine. Still, and still... Yeah, a lot of young people listen to this program. So yeah, <laughs> good. I, I hope they take that advice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now the French horn, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, has miles of tubes within it, right? Yeah, it's really it's really complicated. You stretch that out; that'll circle the earth. The whole earth, yeah. Twice. I think so. I'm not. I don't. I don't know that much about music. But you, did you have the little glove? Did you do marching? I did marching, and when you march, uh, you hold it. It's a different instrument. It's called a mellophone. Yes. Um, because, I don't know, very few actual marching bands use the, the regular the horn. The circular one. The circular one. From Christmas yeah. card. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I'm doing that with my hands right now. Yes. You can't see. But um, the mellophone is like a trumpet. Right. And right. you can just hold it upright. A wider bell. Yep. And you can, and it's a short, the short tubing, too. Yeah. It barely, the bell is the only thing that kind of, I guess, emulates a French horn. It's very mm-hmm. different. But you use the same mouthpiece. But it was hard. That whole that mouthpiece of a French horn is the weirdest thing. It's not, it's it's not precise. Mm. That's like the whole craft of doing French horn is figuring out embouchure. I was going to ask you how your embouchure was. It was awful. Yeah, I had bad embouchure. Sloppy. It was bad. I have um I have a scar on my lip that from uh, a pool accident. <laughs> I dove in a pool and like cut my lip on my tooth. Oh my. It's like. You know, just a kid thing that happens. Sure. It's a bad day. That, yeah. No more. Um, but it, it made some, like, kind of scarring in there. And I think it, from that, I can never have it centered. Uh-huh. And that just it just changes things. But I, I did okay. I took it into college. I did French horn in college. Well, I think what, what, it, what uh, perhaps you may have taken from that is that uh, some musical talent. Because I think you find with some great editors oh. that uh, you have some rhythm and a natural sense of the cadence of life. That wow. comes through in some of your video projects. Thank I don't you. know if you've ever thought about Thank that. Thank you before. very much. But uh, and they're they're video they're sh- videos or you films. What do you call them? I say videos. 
I'd love to say films, though. That just feels good. And is that what you wanted to do, filmmaking? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know it, really. I think film, to me, was intimidating. Yeah, I didn't understand what it really meant. But I like I looked up to movie stars and TV stars who were co- mostly comedic of mm-hmm. some kind. So movies and TV were like, you know, the thing that I was like, oh, these guys, they're also... And girls, but as a young kid. Right. A lot of Jim Carrey, Pee Wee Herman, The Muppets. Big, broad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, when you when I was super young. And then yeah. Seinfeld and David Letterman. And, and you um, get the nuance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a more exactly. mature artist. Yeah. And there probably, were there many uh, French horn heroes to look up to? I don't remember their names, but yeah. <laughs> yeah I had a couple <laughs> CDs. A My couple teacher CDs. would recommend a CD. I'd go get a Go get it at Best Buy. That's what happens. Some music teachers have a pretty interesting uh, CD collection. Oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you can get pretty in the woods there. <laughs> yeah, and that was before digital, so it was like it was a CD. It yes. had to be a CD. Yeah. Basements full of that stuff, yeah, probably. exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, but you didn't go to school then for filmmaking? Uh, TV production was my major. TV production. Yeah. That so, existed as something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a... Um, I went to University of Central Florida... And um, that's in Orlando, yeah. which most people are automatically think of Disney, which they should probably. Right. But uh, the school is a big, huge state school. Is and there any Disney influence there? Uh, if people you're that into, go on to work over there. Yeah, if you're into hospitality, <laughs> the, like the actual field, which is a major, yeah, major sure. field. No, I'm, I'm by. Um, people would would definitely do that, but it's not literally close it's like like a 45 minute drive or more right. so I felt, I felt very secluded from that but um i knew tv production from doing a tv class in high school and my brain was like okay i'll do tv in college and then uh it wasn't until later that i realized like oh film is like about the art of storytelling and like you know everything i like came from film mm-hmm. more than it came from TV because once you're in college and you're learning TV, they're mostly telling you how to do a studio newsroom. Right, how to run the, the controls. Which the you day. could really yeah. just learn at the job anyway. Like, it's not like it needed that much, you know. But interesting that you would be then so influenced by film and then uh, working in TV as a student. And then I think when you get to the current moment, how filmic TV has become. Yeah. And how the the exchange between great movie stars that are now doing television. Yeah. It's kind of... Uh, it's working out. It's working out. Yeah, you. TV is not a dirty word. No. Cable TV especially is a very not dirty word. It's, it's a clean word. Oh, there's a cat. There's a cat in the house. <laughs> and and what, who is the cat? This is Kachu. Kachu. Yeah. And he could jump up on your lap and uh, he might grab into your jeans. They look like... Nice pants. Hey, so. Thank you. I don't want. No, him. it's the weekend. I wear my jeans oh, good. on the weekend. I don't want him to rip them up. I, so I you don't will be aware. <laughs> All right, but don't but don't throw them. Do I need a spray bottle or something. <laughs> no, but once he comes around, I'll I'll try and hold. Okay. Him back. Yeah, that would be good. I'm terribly allergic to to catch, um, but I'll be fine. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I just went into a dark place. No, for don't, a second. No, don't go there. You'll be okay. And what well, did you ever go over there to, to Disney World? Yeah. You're spending most of your time at the Sapphire Supper Club, I imagine. Oh, now come on over. now. Come on. <laughs> we played that game. That the place Sapphire Supper Club. Played I went a couple times. to a great show there. Yeah. My, one of my favorite shows. 
because it's one of those that you could only do at that like at the time it happened. Yeah, a few of them, but one of them was um, Rocket from the Crypt. The what? What are they? Uh, Psycho Billy Rock, oh, yes. whatever. I mean, they're they're amazing. They're amazing. And Not I heard that's familiar with the genre, but I I I know about it. They were just like ugh, a great rock and roll band, and then um, this band called the International Noise Conspiracy. Oh yes, was on before them, and that was at a time when I was a big fan of the the band Refused, which is like the punk, big Swedish punk band that like had this huge explosive album, or they had two albums, I guess, and then they broke up. Very tragically. And then, but amazing uh, that you caught them. Yeah. Well, so I got to see International Noise Conspiracy and the same singer, and I was uh, at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just like, this is the best show. I didn't know that I would see them. Yeah. Sapphire Supper Club. Then it changed to The Social. Well, they just celebrated 20 years down of, there of, of, the, of, the, uh, of, the, of the club. Wow. I mean, I know it's not, they did it at a separate place because yeah. it's no longer there. Oh, okay. But uh, oh, I, I gather that. Because when I uh, would perform with my wife, we'd do a lot of things down there in Florida and then mm-hmm. out, to, out to Arizona was the circuit. It was a long, yeah, it wasn't much of a circuit, but sure, we would get down there to the to the fine folks and we, we wish all of them well. So you did, you, did yeah. you go over to, to, to Disney? Oh, I'd go, yeah. Uh, I only went because my friend, um, her dad worked for Coca-Cola. Oh. So that. You got some primo action. Nice little prizes, yeah. And we would go, yeah, like a group of like six or eight, you know, uh, whatever, 21-year-olds. Tearing it up. Yeah, living that Disney life, <laughs> L-Y-F-E. Florida's a weird place, though. It's very it? weird. Yeah, it's, it's extremely weird. Especially around there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ever take one of the, the big airboats through the Okeechobee, Okeechobee, what's no. it called? No, but my the friend swamps. actually offered. I was down there not long ago, and my friend... Uh, who I know from college, you know, who I don't get to see often, was like, you're coming in, I want to do a Florida day. And he's like, we're going on these boats. And I was like, I don't think I can handle that. We don't have enough time because we were trying to go do uh, convention stuff at a convention center. So. They're quite loud. Yeah? You have to be prepared for a very loud experience. And then it slows, you know, and then mm-hmm. you look at an alligator and then you pick up again. And That's fun. But through the Everglades, it's pretty nice. And then one of those... Uh, they have such clear water down there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not just clear water flow, but they have the actual clear streams. I tell you, I went down there in an inner tube, and you just put your face in the water. You can see all the way down. Oh, that's cool. It was magnificent, but strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, There is a quiet menace to that state. Mm-hmm. That um, no, From top to bottom. <laughs> it's, it's a big state, it's too. It's an unusual one. But, um, all right, well, let's get it to, uh, you get to New York. What, what brought you here? Love. No, no, surprisingly. <laughs> it's actually a very rare situation. No, I was like, uh, I wanted to start doing acting, performing. Oh, you knew that? Yeah. Because having understood the engineering side of television, you wanted to be involved yeah. on the other side. Yeah, I, there was a big uh, event to me. One of them was I was working on a, a student film. Uh, it wasn't, it was a post-student film that, like, you know, these guys did a zombie movie, really low budget. Uh, they had graduated from this school in Orlando, went to L.A., found funding and gathered the, wrote the script, came back to Orlando to film this budget movie, and I got to work on the crew, and it was like one of the last things I did before graduating or right after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And I was on the crew of this zombie movie, which was like really cool and really fun. It was like 
rock and roll filmmaking. It was so unsafe and ridiculous, you know? <laughs> we were in the woods. It was horrifying, but fun. Um, but I was, like, on the crew, and I was, you know, watching the action. And I couldn't, I couldn't cope with it. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I got to got to be on the other side. I just knew something was wrong. And I was like, I want to be, <laughs> I want that too much to not try to figure out when and how to do that. Right. And I had done, you know, like a little stage stuff back in high school, but I kind of set it aside. I was in a band in Orlando too. That was a big part of my. So you had a performing uh, aspect to your life. Yeah. When we were in the band, it was like, we'd play at the social actually mm-hmm. and the back booth and it was, that was performing and fun. And then the band broke up, as many college bands do, and I started to think about what I could do, what I would do, like, you know, on my own. As And I didn't want to do music on my own. I didn't have that. I'm not a songwriter. Uh-huh. So I was, I was like, yeah, I do like performing. And then my friend told me about UCB. Uh, Mike, actually. He's the guy who wanted me to ride the fan boat. <laughs> he was in the band with me. And at the time, he knew a lot more about comedy. Uh... He knew a lot about comedy. I knew nothing really, but he showed me like at the time the bigger comedians or like kind of indie. Um, oh man, who? Uh, wait, what's his name? What's his name? What's his name? Dimitri Martin. Oh yeah, it was like when Dimitri Martin was just like really new, uh-huh. really breaking, and actually Mitch Hedberg. We saw Mitch Hedberg. It's pretty um, good. Yeah, he came to UCF. Um, just a lot of stuff. He knew a lot more about comedy, and he told me about UCB, and he was a funny guy, too. He wanted to, he was like, we should go do a summer intensive, take improv classes, and I was like in... In New York, you would leave Florida to go up there and do... He, he yeah, he mentioned that as a, you know, we could do that, and it was like when it was, while we still lived there, so it was 2004 or something, it would have been incredibly early in the <laughs> stages when I think about it, I didn't get up there for another two years, but... Um, yeah, and also another friend of mine who I knew from high school, I would see him on breaks um, at home in Virginia, mm-hmm. and he had been in Michigan doing improv, and he had also gone and done intensive at UCB. And when I found out he had done it too, I was like, okay, this is something that I know people you know, have been involved. It's not so scary anymore. Right. It was when scary it comes at up first. Up twice, you start to say, well, maybe I'll recognize the pattern and follow up on it. Yeah, exactly. So... I moved here really just to, um, I mean, to move to New York, to move to Brooklyn is something I just wanted to do. Yeah. Um, And then UCB was like kind of the only goal or whatever. The only thing I knew about. So I started taking classes. And, and, you know, I've had so many uh, upright citizens folks on this show. Yeah. um, You can't avoid them. No. (laughs) I've tried. But uh, so you you knew about them. Mm And then how, how quickly do you become part of like a sketch team or do, was it very clear right, right away because you had this kind of expectation going in that this was a, a, a family kind of or a community that you wanted to be a part of? Was it instant? I mean, people talk about it as being very uh, transformative for them, but yeah. feeling very supportive within that group. Yeah, it was, uh, looking back, I think it was instant, but not, but like, you take an improv 101 class, right. it's, it kind of knocks you on your ass. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what was what. I didn't know if this was something I could do or yeah. would keep doing. At In class, I was just like, you know, sometimes it goes well and you're like, yay, I'm, I'm okay. 
not good, but I'm okay. And then um, at least a little better than the other ones. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of crazy happening. But, and there's but some casual people that exactly. I don't know where they got the idea that they they would be good within a yeah comedy environment. But some people do. Well, I'm going to pay the 300 bucks and do it. Or some people do it for work. I yeah. think. Yeah. I don't know. They're just trying it out, or they're just going to like come to one class and skip. And God the bless. Next three. God bless them. It's yeah. Fine, but. They're great. They're keeping Once the place that person alive you see them in level three, you start to think, uh, yeah, yeah, this work. person needs an intervention. Definitely. Well, level three, I think, was about the time that I was like starting to feel like I should keep trying and keep doing it. Yeah. And um, a lot of it had to do with going to see shows. You know, uh, I would go to Harold Night, which was like the the night that everyone recommends you go to when you're a student, sure. and that's where you know teams are there and they're regular. They kind of switch off, but you see a lot of the same faces every week and I was seeing people and just like you know they they would make you laugh harder than anything on TV ever would right and you just got the experience that's where the transformative is definitely there it's like the experience of watching a herald that works is magical always and uh and yeah so going okay I know I'm not like that good I I'm I'm clueless kind of but maybe if I keep doing this that's what I'll do right and uh and then I would also very aggressively think that people on the teams should be doing stuff outside of that. I'd be like, why isn't that person on TV? Uh-huh. I, they're so good. Um, but then it only took like a couple of years and then they would be on TV. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, it's coming. Right. You can have that instinct about, about people. Yeah. I remember when my time in LA, I'd go and see people. And I thought, this person is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the next month, they'd be called up and they'd be on SNL or they'd have a show. And it it's was, amazing. It also was reassuring. Because, well, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and they know what they're talking about. There's a real talent there mm-hmm. that connects. Mm-hmm. That, uh, I did, uh, and so then the sketch thing comes. You're on Onassis, is what it's called. Yes, Onassis is the sketch team. It all came very much later, I'd say. Okay. Because I was in classes from 2007, eight, nine, ten. I think I got on Onassis in 2011. <laughs> is that typical? No. Well, now yes, I'd yeah. say yes. Yeah. At the time, though, uh, I felt like I was a uh, a slow slow burn <laughs> if that's what you want to say it was like I would audition for Harold first Harold auditions is the improv night and that's kind of like the goal of you know when you're a student and you're mixed up in it mm-hmm. you want to get on Harold night uh, not as an end goal for life but as the next step of like well this person was on Harold night and then they were on a weekend team and then they you know right went and did it something else so uh, I was looking at Harold Knight as like, that's my first step. And so I auditioned for that many times. And it was really competitive. I always thought I did well, but then I don't think I'm a good auditioner, especially in improv. Just never, it never clicked. Um, I'm, nor am I. Sure. <laughs> I'm not a good auditioner. It's crazy. I mean, the whole process is crazy. It's so stressful. And it's really just something about nerves. And now that I look at it, I'm like, well, I was... I don't know. Well, I was six years younger. <laughs> Maybe if I tried again, it wouldn't be like that. But well, um, yeah. Eventually, I was. I did. Um, I auditioned for the sketch teams, and uh, that's how I ended up on Onassis. Mm. Um, and that's different than the the long form because you you're actually writing the sketches and doing it. Right. The sketch teams are on Mod Night, which is on Monday nights, and they yeah the teams get together um, 
throughout the month. Writer, there's writers assigned and actors. Sometimes they do both, and uh, we'd meet up and, you know, everyone pitches. It's very collaborative. Onassis is like, uh, such a warm team. Like mm-hmm. there was never any. Some teams have different chemistry, and Onassis just happens to be really lucky in that. I mean, I came in replacing someone. I was new mm-hmm. when they weren't new, and they like opened their arms and embraced just my presence they're very they're amazing and um yeah it clicked with that i like i clicked with them very well and i and you know we we just kept making making sketches and you're still going it's still it's yeah still happening we're working on a new show i did a little sketch work in my time i take to that a little bit better than the herald and like having to remember the game comes here and the a and the b and the this and the that but uh, the way I got in with this group is that I suggested they have a uh, they have a nude cameo. Okay. And that and they said, well, you can do it. Great. <laughs> so maybe you could suggest that at your next writers meeting I over think... some Doritos Cool Ranch well, or something. Maybe. I don't know what you have at How'd these. How do you know I eat the Cool Ranch Doritos? <laughs> some Narragansett <laughs> lagers over there. I get you, man. Man. So think about it. That definitely launched my career and I owe everything to that. There will be in the next show a, uh, a scene where I'm wearing very little clothing. Well, so I encourage that, that direction. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a good one. Of course, then I was on a plane years later, and I sat next to a gal, and I love small talk on mm-hmm. planes. I, any chance I get to converse with people on there. And it turned out that she had been a fan of this particular sketch group. And I said, well, what shows have you seen? I hope it's not the one where I made a nude cameo, and you know. It was. It was. Wow. So then you're sitting next to somebody who's seen your business, yeah. your, your privets. But um, you were in some, you're in your underwear in some of the, in the web series. <laughs> yes, that's true. So that's it, true. You know, we all have to do it. You got to put it out there, really. <laughs> uh, so uh, you're, you're like me in many ways. I think we've established that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you like to be in relationships as I do. It does happen, too. yes. Do you think you're good at it? Uh, <laughs> yes, maybe to a fault. <laughs> right? Yeah. Sometimes that's what it is. It's, I know I was a real serial monogamist. I just love to go from one thing. I'm happier in that mm-hmm. uh, situation. Um, but if you, if you wanted to look back and, mm-hmm. and reach into... Um, well, this is what you did with the, with the show, right? You, re- you reached into the time pool and you plucked out that moment when you were not in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that happens. You know, if I'm left alone, I revert back to that time before before I was happy in mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And of course I had a great many loves of my life and sure. I always I had kind of a type. I was a, I always went for a little bit of an exotic gal, oh. which in, in uh, rural Pennsylvania at that time was just a Jewish gal. Here not so exotic. But yeah. uh, but there, my goodness. That's very dark, special. Dark hair and curls. Yeah. Um so there's many questions that I'm throwing at you. Uh, do you have a type? Oh boy. What do you think it is about um that moment, I'm going to say maybe like 19 or something, uh-huh. that where you identify as that single, or where do you identify as that single person? What do you think it is about that? The type yeah. is kind of hard to pin down, but I know one aligning factor. Yes. Some involvement with Irish. <laughs> See, there you go. Almost, yeah, pretty much every single person I've ever dated. Yeah, some dark streak that they all have there, but with a sense of humor. An Irish last name. <laughs> That'll do. Most, mostly. <laughs> Whatever that means. Well, they um, often end with like a, 
with a high mm-hmm. on a mm-hmm. high uh, a note, mm-hmm. an E or an I or an ah. Yeah, I'm not gonna list all those. So. Uh, <laughs> or an O. And then um, the what is it the the character who hates being single, right? Yeah. Who I identify with. Right. Um, who is Rob but not Rob? Yeah. 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 He's 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 me with less experience, I think. Um, and more, uh, I don't know, he's more flawed, I guess. More flawed than myself. No. He's, uh... You, you can see the flaws, so you're able to comment on them. Yeah, or you put him in, put him in, he makes decisions that are going to lead to more problems, usually. Um, it's confusing trying to have something that is yourself, but not yourself. It is! Yes. It is, it gets a little sticky sometimes to talk about, but he's, um, he's basically, he... He likes, uh, I don't know what it is. Now I'm, now I'm stumped. Do you do a little sheet for him? Yeah, I talked about Bible? him. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote about him um, in, a, in a, a black book a long time ago. Um, he's basically, oh man. Well, people can, watch, is... people can watch it and, and, sure. and get a sense of it. Sure. Um, because what happened was you, you, you thought, well, maybe I'll do a film or something about this period of my life. You're, you're right. Because I'm happy here. Yeah. And uh, th- that part has some uh, resonance, I think, for many people. Yes. To go back to this time where you kind of thought you had it figured out. You're out of the nest, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And you're really having to interact with the world on your own, in your own terms. I mean, free to make all the mistakes that one does. Mm-hmm. And that, for whatever reason, became more viable as this web series format. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, number one, so how did you choose YouTube to be the, the platform? Well, I started off um, releasing on Blip. Oh, right. Blip is another one out there. Yeah. And they, um, they're great. And I talked to them. Uh, someone put me in touch with them before we had released, but after we had done this New York television festival. Mm-hmm. So they kind of, you know, had heard about it and they said, we'd like to have you on here. It's not, you know, it's just a platform. Um, and that's once you have all the episodes. So you're bringing the product around? Uh, I didn't. I mean, they didn't really get to see any. They just saw the first two. Okay. And but they, I hadn't fil- I hadn't edited the rest of the season yet. But they kind of knew. Okay, you're going to be releasing it, and how many episodes are you going to have? And so they basically we we uh, would release on Blip to premiere, and I would embed the Blip, and then the YouTube channel was like, I'll push to that a week later. Uh-huh. And um, that was kind of all it was at first. It was just a place to put up the videos. And I was like looking at the channel for a while and wondering, or you know, wishing. Oh, I wish this was growing a little more. Right. And it was kind of the YouTube channel. Yes, the YouTube that. channel. Because yeah. on Blip, it's it's more of just a page. Yeah. There's not a, a fan interactive uh, part of it. There's no assets that are really interactive. But YouTube is kind of all about that. I like when you say things like that, assets yep. that are interactive. <laughs> I know. Now we're having a media conversation. Yeah, now I've been in it for too long, I think. <laughs> yep. Just the kid making his way from Orlando to the big city. <laughs> and now he's got interactive assets. Exactly. Um, but you've really 
you found out quickly that you have to add these other things. That you have the series, yeah. which great, but then you also do the vlogging, mm-hmm. and then you have another. The, the real you is on the real Rob, and, and the 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 waiter mm-hmm. uh, business. So mm-hmm. so now you're a kind of a, a personality of, with YouTube. We're gonna see your face on the subway ads. <sighs> Well, yeah, sure. If we get up to six million, eight million, that's where it, that's we'll what it see. takes. That's the sweet spot. <laughs> that's right. Well, I tell you, if you make cupcakes or wear glasses or you, you're basically the same looking, cute girl, yes. you can you can get up there. They all got their ads. <laughs> they all got it's the only ones, the only people on there, I guess. Yeah. But so, um, uh, I guess what I'm saying, the series, mm-hmm. the series itself, mm-hmm. we can talk about that. I hate being single. The series, yeah, that follows the character of Rob mm-hmm. as he success unsuccessfully. I don't know. We don't know what's going to happen in the next season. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll be successful. Try to get over uh, his ex and find new love or at least companionship because mm-hmm. I don't know if he's ready for love. No, yet, he's right? certainly not. You, you gotta know him. yourself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. So that's what's happening. But um, the, the the character there. And and the YouTube world lets you show so many different uh, aspects of, of the Rob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Rob. <laughs> it get, does it get confusing a little bit? It gets confusing when talking about for sure. Yeah. But making it isn't too bad. But uh, yeah, like the series. But you, but you felt I guess just to follow up on that yeah. question because I feel like I ended it in a weird space. But you felt like you needed to also reveal more of yourself. You actually yes uh, through the vlogging uh, stuff, mm-hmm. but those interactive assets mm-hmm. because that's what's happening on YouTube, right? You Very have much. people that are personality driven. Mm-hmm. There might not be personalities that I want to spend any time with. That's right. Maybe not. <laughs> I may be too old. Just mm-hmm. that's it. But I don't know the smoosh and whatever else is going on. Smosh, yeah. Smosh. I'm sure there's a smoosh though. Yeah, uh, they're less successful. They're all doing. <laughs> I don't know. It's all uh, jumping around and. Uh, yeah. frisbees and hairstyles and look yeah. what I bought at the store but th- there is that person so you felt like you had to bring that out is what I'm trying to get it yeah I was seeing what I, what I was seeing is YouTube is in many ways like the place that young people go to watch stuff and I wasn't necessarily looking for just young people but knowing that they're watching all this stuff that I may or may not like or think is worth my time I was like, you know, saying, well, they under like they get that language. Vlogging is a language. Uh, yeah. Talking to your audience like regularly and showing them who you are as a person rather than uh, just putting up a scripted sketch or series. I knew, I knew that uh, the series stuff. You know, it's not that conversation creating, or it wasn't at at least starting off because you got to build. A kind yeah. of a thing and uh so starting off you know you put up a, a web series episode and and i see amazing videos uh, that are scripted sketch or series uh, on bigger channels but if it's just that i see you know there's like two comments and most right. people just don't even you might watch it but you don't engage and you just leave it there and you go oh that was cool back to lunch right and uh i was think i saw that there were all these people out there watching stuff and not just watching it and going back to lunch but watching every episode or conversing with the creator and following on twitter and asking for more episodes and making recommendations for more episodes yeah and remembering and quoting the episodes and all that stuff where i was like 
that's an, an engaged audience. And that's yeah, what I like want. It's a virtual friend a little bit. Yeah, it is. Definitely. It is a virtual friend. Tamagotchi. Yeah. 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 And I was like, I'd, I'd like that. I'd like to make friends on the internet and show as many people as I can what uh, what this is because we put a lot of effort into it anyway and putting a more effort would hopefully bring back more. And so how often do you have to do that though, do you feel like? The goal is one one video a week. And you carry that camera around with you all the time? A lot, um, but I'm not, I'll admit that I'm not even like good enough to be in the, like some people do it, they do. I've gone through a lot of events, like I went to a trip to Orlando, I've been going around to Tribeca. I planned on bringing my camera and being like... To the film festival. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I wanted to like go and get yeah. some stuff. I did an intro on the way there on the subway. <laughs> I got to the party. I began the par- partying like you would, getting drinks, meeting people, blah, blah, blah. Three hours later, I'm on my way walking back home. And I'm like, so that was... <laughs> I went to the party like filming myself... Trust me. ...on the bookends. <laughs> right. And you're just like, that's not... I need to just, you need to do more than that. But um, I think that's a common condition of wanting to fully participate in something. Mm-hmm. and and But also to document, to exactly. balance that. Like even exactly. people like going out to dinner to take a picture of their food. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I personally, it's awkward for me. Taking the photo is easy to me. Instagramming it, tagging it. You take a photo with your friends. Yes. And then you like, look at the group, it's like six people. And then you're like, Okay, I gotta tag all these people. What's this guy's name? Like, what's his name on Instagram? And you like Google search it or use the the Twitter name, and it's not correct, so yeah. it doesn't show up. And it becomes like a new project, just to share the correct amount of things. What I'm hearing you say is that we should have some standardization yes. among our internet uh, yes, names. We should. The Instagram, it being so wildly different than everything else, yeah. that drives me batty. I have no idea who anybody is anymore. I know. But anyhow, and then this gal that you're with, you met mm-hmm. her on the on the YouTube as well? I met her on... together. I mean, I'm like in YouTube royalty. Oh, here. boy. Get this is here. the kingdom. Wow. Right? Wow. I mean, you two. Um, thank you. Uh, we met actually on the UCB. Oh, well. Yeah, she was working at UCB uh, and at the desk. And I was a little student. Good job on student. that. Then. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, she started doing uh, a YouTube channel around the same time I Hate Being Single started. Yeah. And she her channel was vlogging. And so she had immediately like, uh, you know, regular content and started growing a, a following of uh, digital friends. Is that what we said? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, virtual friends. Virtual friends. <laughs> and and um, it, it encouraged me to... to, to put more effort into the YouTube because at that time it was still blip and I was like you know I want to you can build something there and so that's what I've been focusing on ever since then that's why there's the the real Rob where I'm myself and do whatever things just to hang out basically tricks that's the through line where you get to see the creator and little peeks into the back behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that kind of thing Mm -hmm. then you have I hate being single concluded season one you're working on season two Two now, mm-hmm. and then you also have Man versus Waiter. Yeah, and that was kind of just a side project, but um, same character, and he it's, you know, it's just an epic battle with the waiter. He has this one waiter. He's such a jerk, 
and every episode is a little piece of that one date where the waiter comes back. It's fantastic. I hope that uh, people pick up on that because that's how I feel. At least one of those interactions is something that people have... (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's pretty amazing when I'm out to dinner now and one of those things happens and I'm like, are you watching this? Like, it's it's weird. There was another small moment and I didn't realize that was supposed to be the same character. That's the same as the I hate being single guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, but there was one thing in the series that you're at a restaurant and the person keeps bringing water and you're like, that's enough. That's <laughs> enough. That's, that's a... Uh, that's a real moment. Yeah, thank you. Identified with thank that. Thank you. Do you want to? I'll give you a Easter egg. Yes. That's the same waiter. You don't see his face. <laughs> it's the same person. Well, I love that. Yeah, because when we shot that, uh, that was the finale episode where the water thing's happening, and I really wanted him to be a bit part. Uh-huh. And, um, but it was kind of just like I, it was loosely scripted, and we were behind schedule, and blah blah blah. This timing and. So it ended up being like just we couldn't get a shot of him, so we didn't get any speaking of him. So it's just his hands. Well, that's it. Brings up another point though that I want to ask you about mm-hmm. because there's a, a consistency to the to the world mm. there that you've created through through all of them, but specifically the, with using those two series as an example. Mm-hmm. And then you also worked on the Broad City thing too. Mm-hmm. That's okay to talk about that. Sure. And then, uh, but and that world is very similar to to you to the world of Rob, uh-huh. of the I hate being single Rob. I like to think that sometime you could see old Abby and Ilana run through while you're at a party or something, yeah, or that you'd be in the background having an interaction with a waiter in one of those. Like it all seems like it's part of the same kind of cosmos there, yeah. And so in comic books, you know, it'd be exciting to see oh, Flash yes. race over from Central City and to the to Metropolis. Yeah. The where Avengers, the Avengers and the they all thing. come together, yeah. right? It's exciting. I'm just saying it would be uh, it would be great to, to see if there's a crossover potential there. Oh, I love that. I would love it that. It would just be, be wonderful. But there, you were we're happy for them. Yeah, you're you're, you're okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> but you directed some of the early ones. Yeah, I directed um, of the web series of that, their web series originated the first uh, fourteen, I think, that were released or something. <laughs> That's a decent amount. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, directed and edited, and then uh, co-wrote a few. Pretty good. Yeah. It was a great experience. It was amazing. Well, um, I, I, I enjoy both of them, and I, I enjoy following, uh, following your character. And um, just see, see, I think he's going to be okay. So you said you got everything shot, almost. One more episode to shoot. At this point. You've mm-hmm. been very successful in raising money from crowd, crowdsourcing. Yes. Very thankful. Yes. <laughs> and I know I'll get my reward at some point. Oh yeah, in season two. Um, is it, you know when you're working on something like a series, and this is a question I have: Is it important that each, which is why I'm asking it, <laughs> is it important that each episode be broken down to uh, the point where you're saying like there's one one goal that has to just as you're structuring it this is mm-hmm. a very sort of mm-hmm. insidey question but yeah um is it important like rob finds a secret club of singles is that is that the main action and then you work it out from there or i like you consider the whole arc of the six episodes or something i try to worry about the singular episodes first mm-hmm. that's where usually where the ideas come from it'll be like i'll just take notes on things that are funny that i think situations that are funny and then 
depending on how big they are, how much weight they might have, uh, that they might be the arc of the episode or the you know climactic point where it's like, oh, this will be the 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 biggest moment when um, uh, he's. I guess like a premise like in episode one, uh, season one, there's um, the episode where I go on the date with the elementary school crush. Right. And I was like, I think going into that, I thought, I know I have this story that I want to like uh, create where I had this crush from elementary school. We actually go on a date and I tell her the whole thing. Right. And also... Uh, I had other ideas right. about that's underwear the main, that's the main and thing. all the other stuff. Yeah. And when it started adding up, I thought, oh, this underwear, that would be f- like in the episode, I'm shopping for underwear. I can't find anything that fits me. And then I choose the children's underwear because it's small <laughs> and it fits and everything else seems just weird and oversized. So um, that seemed like, oh, that's kind of funny because it's elementary school and all the childlike things. So maybe, you know, that'll make this worse if I have this thing with her she's like obviously like you're weirdly stuck in the past and then on top of that you're wearing kids underwear that's weird you have toys all over your room which that's like one of the things I started off with the series was like this guy you know it actually ends up it's in 40 year old virgin which I didn't think about for a long time but it's it's who I am which was like I had all these toys and nostalgia and Pee Wee Herman dolls and I remember that's a specific of like when I was out and dating and you meet someone they go home and then they make fun of your stuff and you're like come on like well you know the problem with that 40 year old virgin stuff though that stuff wasn't old oh right it it was major and he had a ton of it (laughs) he had a ton of it but it was like you could go to a Toys R Us and just buy all that stuff right right none of it was uh, I mean maybe there was one uh, Captain Action figure or something okay maybe yeah but even that I think was all just I I think they didn't do their homework ah they weren't going through uh, enough effort you know I like some of that old stuff and you get it in the actual packaging and it's cool it is cool but it depends on the girl that's right it really depends on the the female who is judging you because someone might be like, oh, that's so cool, that's so cute, I love Pee-wee, and then someone might be like, you're weird. Probably weird. it's more like, I like you enough to look past the fact that you're Right, not that too. <laughs> that too. I have met someone uh, through the internet who has a, shares a, a love of Pee-wee stuff. Yeah. We filmed a video, which is like a YouTube collaboration video, uh-huh. which has not come out yet, where it basically is like a dream sequence where we're hanging out together and everything is like to the extreme nostalgia cutesy uh, it's just it's ridiculous and do you ever think that you want to do something that's more like Tim Burton or Pee Wee that where it is pushed into the fantasy realm a little bit more funny I because it's all pretty grounded yeah it is yeah I guess I don't think about the fantasy yet um, I feel like that's overwhelming there are fantastic elements that happen but it's yeah. not uh, I would like to do long form though like a movie yeah, and not that it has to be Rob, but um, I'm, I'm I'd be excited to do a movie where we kind of build build a world or build an absurd world or a, a road trip, a Pee-wee's Big Adventure road right. trip. Yeah, I think you'd do well with an animated pal. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. It doesn't have to be the whole movie or about that, but just like just once. Sure. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I got can some ideas can, for can you. Can you animate? I'll try. Okay. 
Um, but one, one, just going back to that underwear, you don't actually buy your underwear at a store like that, do you? Because um, that's what struck me about that. There are three gentlemen, uh, uh, two were yes. buying for their children, but they're buying underwear from like the a dollar. central rack in the in like a dollar store, but yes. like on a street somewhere. Yes. Like no. in a place where they'd have handbags and hats outside, and you'd go in and you'd have to find it. I do not... But I ha- I think I have picked something up before. It's kind of like it in, felt like a, a real yeah. It felt like yeah. a real Brooklyn thing, which is like, I don't want to buy a Metro card to go all the way to Kmart in Astor Place, right? To pay no, nobody does exactly. <laughs> and it was like that is a pit. So so you really need something. What can you do around here? And around here, there's not that much, right? Anything you know, a Liberty. There's a place called Liberty Valance or something. Like, something Liberty. <laughs> I think Valance is right. Is it? You... <laughs> I think that's a Will Smith movie or something. Is it? Is it? I don't know. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that's the name. Well, it could be both. I mean, it was like a based on a true story. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it then. Uh, they wouldn't let us film there, so we went to the dollar store, <laughs> where they let us film, but like with like a side eye, like watching mm-hmm. us very closely. Yeah. But it was good. I've never taken the underwear out like that either. <laughs> now you're just ripping and me put apart. It, put it back. <laughs> yep. But just now to I check know it what out. people do. Yep. Well, anyhow, I've, I've been, uh, uh, my niece and her daughter have been away this week, and I haven't had time to do uh, laundry. So I've, I've felt yeah. that. That's when you get to the Question. point where you say, oh my gosh, i got to get out there and just buy new pairs of underpants. That's fun. So maybe I'll get to it today. Probably more information than you needed to know. <laughs> so uh, do, you, do you have a sense of when season two is going to come out? Yeah, June. June? Yeah. Soon. Soon June. Soon June. We'll look for that on the, uh, what is it, youtube.com slash I Hate Being Single. That's right. That's going to be wonderful. And uh, you have all the, th- all the stuff is up there. All mm-hmm. of your many videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's all right. Anything else you want to do? Onassis has some shows coming up. Onassis has a show coming up very soon at UCB Theater. Okay, we'll have people because this will come out a little bit later than the moment that we're having here today. Well, it's, but in the next month? It's May 15th. Oh, no, that's going to be great. Oh, great. May 15th is good. Yeah. Um, so look for Onassis. Where's that going to be? Uh, UCBtheater.com. At UCB, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. UCB uh, Chelsea. That's great. Well, this is delightful. I hope I haven't kept you too long from your vegan brunch. No, not at all. Can you still warm it up? Yes, absolutely. All right. I know that you're committed to the preparation of food, given how long it took you to make that cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I saw you pressing it. Yeah. That's good, Bo. Rob Michael Hugo, thank you. Thank you. That's been delightful. Our next live show is coming up. Uh, We're going to be at the Pit Underground on uh, the day before your show. So you can catch them both Wednesday, May 14th at 8 p.m. My guests will be Dave Hill, Julia Rossi, Laura Prangley, and DJ Recca. And music is going to be, of course, by Steve O'Reilly. Now, till next time, I'll be doing a YouTube makeup challenge with just my old empty whiskey bottles. Now let's get back to that great music that we all enjoy. Dale Radio is written and produced by James Bewley. Musical director, Steve O'Reilly. Season 6 theme song composed and performed by Katie Mullins. Season 6 podcast icon designed by Sunil Manchikanti. Logo treatment for Dale Radio is provided by Daniel Spencer Levine. You can listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Please remember to rate and review us, follow us on Twitter, or find us on Facebook. Many thanks. You're the best.